The Mahogany Project presents I Just Want to Tell Stories, hosted by Joe Anderson Jr., powered by the South Congress Podcast Network. Hello, 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 everyone. Hi. Welcome to episode five of I Just Want to Tell Stories. My name is Joe Anderson Jr., from the Mahogany Project, and I have a special guest today. Yay! Who are uh, the woman who does uh, so much stuff for not only her job but outside of work? Yeah, I apologize for my attire because I'm about to go to work right after this <laughs> and slave in the sun. <laughs> uh, so she has a podcast. She works for in the production in the film industry. She also, I think, the thing that I would like to say is she's just a creative in terms of like the vision of things, in terms of producing, writing, directing. So a lot of stuff that you don't see, she is a creative in that aspect. We have Ashley Robinson. Hi, in the building. and you know we can actually say the production now because we rap today, so you can say it. Yeah, I can say it. I work for Fear of the Walking Dead. Fear of the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, so they'll find this out. Uh, uh, in about a month. Okay, cool. A month or... So or, it'll show yeah. already be finished aired yeah, by yeah. then, almost. Almost. Yeah. Oh, because when did it premiere? It premiered on June 2nd. Okay. So uh, we should finish sometime in mid or late September. Okay. And the network should pick us back up so I could have a job again. Yay! <laughs> Let AMC know. I'm pretty sure they will. Okay. <laughs> you got to cancel a Walking Dead show, please. No. We are their heart and home. <laughs> so... Before we get into anything, we always do uh, how we met. Mm. So how did we meet? Because I do not know. I, I know you don't remember, and then I had to think about this for a hot second because okay. there has been a lot of drinks along the way yes. since we met each other. But we actually met through volleyball. So ah. I had a wonderful roommate, Kristen Yay. Thompson. Shout out to here, Kitty Kitty. <laughs> and uh, we played volleyball together, and she wanted to form a team of blacks for yes. the intramurals. Yes, at you too. And uh, she brought all these amazing people together, brought you and I together. Brought my stank ass ex together, so I mean it's it's a balance of both sides. So I'm glad we met, yeah, because we've been friends for a while. Yeah, we have. We we recently got a, a lot closer than yeah. we were in college, which is good. Yeah, it, it can happen afterwards. People, you know, it happens when it's supposed to happen. And I think we got a little bit closer when uh, we did lip sync together. Yes, and you kind of you kind of were a slave driver when we were practicing <laughs> the choreography for that song. You know, I if people work with me, I tell everyone, you know, I'm very particular about what I want, and I want it to be great. I just sat there and listened and ate my food. Yeah, and wore my blonde wig until yeah. it fell off. Until on it stage. fell off on stage. Yeah, it was um, a great, but great you know. We did it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I did drag twice in my entire life, and uh, Jay Fears is retired now. <laughs> I'm, I may bring her out, you know, one day. She is named after Beyonce. Um, I'm glad so, I could have been part of that experience. Yeah, we did. Little Goo Goo. <laughs> <laughs> we did Video Phone. That's yes. the song we did. Okay, so Ashley, let's talk about growing up. All right. Where are you? Where are you from? I'm from Colleen, Texas, although we moved to there from Albuquerque, but I pretty much lived there my whole life. It's a military town. It's a very culturally melted town, so um, got to have a great perspective of people, including white folks. We didn't, I didn't have to deal with a lot of 
racism, not a lot, some, yeah. or anything there. There's a lot of issues with colorism in that town, mm-hmm. as you can guess, uh, with the amount of people who are mixed, including myself, mm-hmm. and how things are perceived there. But I like Colleen, even though Colleen's like the cousin Faith yeah. of Texas. Faith fucked my husband. <laughs> Colleen is fun. Now it's a problem because we have like fake gangbangers there, yeah. and a lot of people have access to guns, and mm-hmm. too many people are using them, yeah. way too young. Uh, but if it's also like a great place to buy a house and like grow a family because it is such an affordable city. Yeah. So when you think of Kalino, mm-hmm. you don't think it doesn't pop out art. It doesn't pop out creative. No. It doesn't pop out. It pops out suburban plots of homes. It pops out mediocrity. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a an urge to get out and leave or for me it's it was like escapism through different things i loved which had to be tv or film or video games do you remember the first tv show that you fell in love with yes it was a csi and Mm -hmm. for the longest time i was convinced i was going to become a forensic scientist (laughs) i had the plan mapped out i was going to go to sam houston state and get the degree and everything and then like this was when i was maybe in like sixth grade then like watching the show i realized after like learning the things forensic scientists actually do do and how inaccurate that show was i realized i actually just liked the production of csi Mm. and i just like how like i don't even watch too many crime procedurals now because they're all annoying and they're all the same for the most (laughs) part but like it made me realize, oh, I just like the idea of portraying these things on screen. And I was a reader, so like telling stories in that format kind of just grew on me. And mm. I became like a cinephile and watched way, way too much television. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up in Colleen, did you grow up with siblings? Are you an only child? Tell us a story. So Tell us your family story. I grew up with my little sister, Berlinda. Hi. She's the bane of my existence, Aww. pain in my ass, but I love her. Um, she, She's just a funny kid, yeah. so she would just do a lot of things, like get into flower. Like I Apparently, I was the easygoing kid, <laughs> and she was not. So like my grandmother helped raise us because mm-hmm. she moved here because my mom's the baby of all of her brothers and sisters. So she moved here with us. And with me, my grandma could just, you know, turn on uh, Elmo's world and yeah. be gone. Yeah. But with Berlinda, like she would get into shit. Yeah. She would climb on top of laundry machines. And then my poor grandmother, she was a WMPT. She couldn't chase her ass to oh. whoop her. So she would just run away and be oh. So I would have to help out with that. Um, and it was me and her for the longest. My dad was deployed for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Korea and uh, I forget, Kuwait. Mm. Um, and he came back and then my parents got divorced. So really it was just like me, my mom, and my sister for a while. Like, um, and he, of course, he would help out, but he wouldn't be in the house. Yeah. So I essentially was the man of the house. So I'm actually really handy. Yeah, um, you are. And it's it's weird how independent of a woman I am because my mom's a super independent woman. But then I'm even more like I could put together like a laundry machine and hook it up myself. I know how to change oil in my car. I know how to fix a flat. Like I know how to oh, do all these things. I'm just so like I'm such husband material. Mm. Why hasn't anybody wiped me up yet? <laughs> they should like husband you up. They should. Is that the word? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the kids are saying these days. Um so how did growing up impact your creative energy? I because 
there's not much to do in Killeen except for like when you get older, drink. I say older. <laughs> when you hit the teens, yeah. <laughs> is drink or hang out with your friends and just that. Yeah. So for me, like I was consuming all of these stories and like I remember like when we got this video store around the corner that I could walk to, they had um Kill Bill Volume One available for the first time. And I remember watching that and I was like, Oh, you can do this with film you can create a character like this and you can have all these colors and it just like changed how like how I thought and how I wanted to tell stories and do things so then I started you know I asked for a video camera and I started recording my friends and I doing stupid shit on the weekends like playing outside making short stories and then I my mom had a computer I like self-learned how to edit uh so I would just play around and then I found like like we couldn't afford the software that you would usually use professionally like Adobe or mm-hmm. anything like that. But I found free options because I would just search on the internet. So I just like became proactive in like doing these things. And then when I finally was able to graduate and go to school and go to film school, I was able to use these things. I knew how to use them, which is why like for our own show, like we don't have an audio engineer, which maybe we should. And your own show is oh, the Pretty Witty Podcast. Yes, um, or for any of my shorts i just do everything myself and look online like i'm a very very um like what's the word i'm looking for i'm a very staunch supporter of googling (laughs) because everything is available on the internet there are a lot of resources especially now yeah especially now but even then there was too you just have to search for it and um be patient and take some time and just learn to play with things and that's kind of where I am now I'm I'm totally open to doing things myself I'm happy to sit and learn if the resources are available so that's kind of what for formatted me yeah in a way so we there are certain things that some people have like an innate ability like an innate talent um if you think about Whitney like her voice was amazing Mariah voice is amazing um, Angela Bassett, I think she has ingrained with acting abilities to do Shakespeare, to do anything. Tyler Perry, she wants to, yeah. what she did. Um, not a lot of people always think about the ability to direct, the b- ability to produce, the ability to re- to film things and to see something differently that the audience sees, but they don't see it in that depth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, I think uh, as someone who, who films things, you can see what this would look like in lighting, like what what this would look like um, with this tone and, and how we shoot things. So yeah. do, is that something that was innate in you, you believe? I think so. Like, I've always thought if I ever have a memoir, I would yeah. always say my dreams are like productions. Yeah. Because it's not just dreams. I imagine close-ups, medium mm. close-ups. I imagine exhibition shots. Yeah. I imagine, like, scores playing in the background. Mm. When I dream, that's what it seems like. I can I can remember some of my dreams because of that. And so, like for me it's easy to translate that if I have an idea it's easier like look unfortunately I'm not a writer which I want to grow more into and improve but I don't think that's my calling but having an idea and explaining Mm. it to someone and then visually expressing that that I can do and like working with other people I feel like I have a great skill of having open communication and like politely directing how the things I want to be shown is seen. And I have always felt that way. I think I'm a naturally charming person and it's always 
been my ability to be able to do that, whether it was like just small projects for fun, stuff Mm. for school, or even now with the work that I do, being like a small player in the room voicing my opinions because like I know what I'm talking about, not to toot my own horn. Right. (laughs) So you go from Colleen to, one, I want to say before we move on, um, I think you have the antithesis of a writer's problem. Like, the writer can see it, but can't record it. They don't know mm-hmm. how to do it. And you can do that, you know, so. Yeah, I just can't put my shit into words. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why me and Jaina on the show work so well together, mm-hmm. because she is a writer. A writer. And, and so, Jaina was on episode number one. She was. <laughs> and so it works well. We mesh well together because we can do that. Like, one, I haven't told her this, but I would love to, like, do something together where like she writes and I direct because I think we would work well together <laughs> on what is her book called my love <laughs> so mostly love mostly love oh shit <laughs> like you know I love rom-coms so yeah. like I would love to do something like that like it was that. such a good book that yeah. I read it and because I'm not good with my words or how to say things I feel like I can help like oh well this is what it should look like yeah. this is what it should smell like this is what it should what color it should be mm. like things like that that's dope yeah okay so you le- you leave Colleen. I leave. Leave the I big city of Colleen. I left the black hole. Not many people do that. <laughs> well, there oh, were second cucumbers in the club, but, but we, we, that's a different that. that's a different story for a different. People day. from Colleen can say that. Other people from not from Colleen, I'd be like, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you leave Colleen. You go to UT. You go to film school. Mm-hmm. What are so now you? A lot of people who are creatives, they only have kind of like the talent that that's innate. Like they have the ability, not the technical expertise. Sometimes mm-hmm. so. What was it like going into this very white space mm. um, with the, the the innate kind of ability and then some technical ability, too, because you have been doing this, but the innate kind of talent to see this production and to see the story with all these white people? It's not just white people, all these men. All these, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, like, when I was in classes, most of my classes, there and would be... And that's a correction. Bloop. <laughs> It would mostly be white people, and um, maybe there would be three or five girls in each class, and I would often be the only black person um, or person of color, period. And that's not even... And a woman. Yeah, and that's not even trying to identify who's, like, not cis, who's not straight, you know what I mean? Um, It was intimidating, and I often like had an insecurity that I didn't know I w- what I was talking about because mm-hmm. I was so like in the marginalized group of people mm-hmm. that were there and then when we started work and do group projects I realized I knew a lot more than I knew than these boys yeah. like these boys were just coming in and doing things and they didn't really practice or do anything beforehand and I didn't realize I had like an innate mm-hmm. set of skills already set so um, like quickly and expeditiously, I shut that shit down and was like, okay, you know what you need, you know what you can do. So speak up and be assertive about it. Say, this doesn't look right, or we can do it this way. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we'll learn and move on. And I had to learn that really quickly because all of my classes were like that. Yeah. If I kept staying in that box that I was putting myself in, then I would just be quietly not learning in a corner and letting all these mediocre people do things that wouldn't get us a like a good grade yeah so that was something hard to do what was and you talked about this a little bit in the answer what in terms of honing your skills what are some things you do to to hone your skills to get better to make sure you're like you're always progressing in in the the field that a lot of people don't 
you see the work, but you don't see the behind-the-scenes part of it. Um, I feel like every part of a production, any person, down to the PAs, down to our caterers, all hold an essential bit of knowledge that you should learn about. I also feel like those are the people you need to smile to, uh, genuinely, and work with in whatever capacity you can. So I'm always willing to give a helping hand when asked, and I'm always like observing when I have a quiet moment just to watch. So like down to our DITs who essentially like our digital, um, ooh, DUTs, digital unit technicians. They usually move the monitors and stuff for our cameras. Like that's legit, the job is moving monitors and connecting cables. But like I'm always asking questions. Like our sound engineer, even though I'm not interested in audio, I like to hear how he's like live mixing because Mm. that's like a crazy incredible skill to have. our audio engineer who just like mics up our actors and things like that it's i'm cool with her and i like listening to like how she uses the time with the actors to learn how they're like mentally preparing for the words they're about to say like everybody has something to add mm. even if it's just pas who are hurting background into like into where we're about to shoot like i i learn from them like little things because if I want to direct something larger one day all these small components need to come together to create the Mm. vision that I want and if someone feels a certain way like if they're not being like encouraged or supported in the role no matter how small it is that they have then they're not going to do the best of their abilities Um, you can't always just treat cast the best you have to treat everyone the best and you have to be willing to listen to them if they say there's an issue or a problem even if it's a really small one because it could affect something happening in a scene that's super complicated or it could affect how um people fill on set which can change how what you put on screen is shown to everybody else and people aren't going to watch i mean you could see that with like um smilf uh that show that just got canceled like she created a very toxic workplace on set and it got canceled because it one she did a lot of things she wasn't supposed to but the crew and cast didn't want to come back yeah. So if you do that, then what are you going to have to show for it? You just wasted a lot of money, and you just wasted an opportunity to have something on primetime TV that a lot of people would be able to see. Mm. And to get your story out there. Yeah. And now you I are mean, known as a toxic person. Look at the chai. Like, or the shy, let's just say. Yeah. <laughs> it's early, I haven't yeah. slept. But, like, <laughs> look at that. Like, yeah. that has nothing to do with how great the story was, how well acted it was. But now we can't really enjoy this greatly written black show because, because it's tainted. Yeah. yeah. So, I do have, a, I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, in talking about. All of the... Oops, sorry, my stomach just growled. Um, I haven't had breakfast. But in talking about all these people working together to create this amazing project and creating um, an environment that is welcome, open, inclusive, I would like to know who are some of the people that lifted um, you up to who you are today or who were standing by your side, you Mm. know, to, to get to this place of creativity where you are. Um, definitely my bosses. Uh, so one of my bosses is Gail Ann Hurd. She's mm. one of the most badass producers in Hollywood. She wrote the first Terminator film and produced uh, that series. And there's a lot you can Google her. But she's a strong proponent of lifting women up. And she likes to take on projects that are um, not cliche, that can be diverse, that... 
uh, aren't simply just the same stories we've heard over and over again. And she's very strong proponent of having lead, like strong lead woman characters, mm. which I like heavily support. And even if like like she takes the opportunity, even though she's kind of scary, <laughs> sometimes she takes the opportunity to like listen to different people when she is in town and yeah. do things like that. I'd also say my mom. Uh, even she didn't get it at first because she was like, "Well, you should do something to make money." Yeah. <laughs> and she, I think she wanted me to go to education because she would always bring me into the field and yeah. I would did tutoring and stuff while I was in school. But I think now she understands like like what it is that I want to do and why it's so important to me to to be able to tell stories in a way that I feel should be authentic and properly represented. Okay. So as someone who is a majority of your work in this field, and we'll talk about the podcast in a little bit, is behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. How do you tell your voice when it's always kind of behind the scenes? It's more in the, 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 the process and not the product. Um, in two ways, okay. doing things like this and collaborating with other creatives so that way like my message can get across and uh, I can also like uplift the people that are coming along with me because yeah. well, I think one of my mentors said you don't need to network up, you need to network out because yeah. we're all going to be like at the same place in 30 or 40 years with the ability to like, you know, actually be movers and shakers yeah. in towns. And then second... Come on, manifest it. Right. <laughs> the second is just letting projects speak for themselves. Mm. Um, if I truly think I did a good job with something that I've created then I shouldn't have to provide any other commentary mm. than just allowing other people to consume it. Mm. Now, if I get negative feedback, that yeah. also gives me an opportunity to improve mm-hmm. and know where I need to do better. Mm. Okay. And let's talk about the podcast. All right. All right. This so the show. Pretty Witty Podcast. Yes. How many episodes have y'all recorded? Oh, at the, by the time of this, we'll be over 100. Okay. But as of today, recording this, we will be at episode 98. Okay. So, yeah. So, are y'all going to, like, celebrate 100? That's a that's syndication, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> we keep talking about it, but we haven't come up with anything to do for it. Yeah. Um, especially with our schedule. So, maybe maybe this week we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. we, we wanted to do something special. We just don't know what. We haven't sat down and put our heads together yet. Okay. <laughs> and what, what specifically... What what was the reason you wanted to start a podcast? Um, well, since our show is socially just social justice and politically heavy, mm-hmm. uh, both of Jaina and I kind of just wanted a space to curse and rant about everything that's going on politically in our country. Yeah, and it kind of morphed into this monster to teach and mm-hmm. to educate and to do it while drinking yeah. because that's the only way you can deal with depressing yeah. stuff sometimes and that's kind of just how it kind of like formulated on its own which is kind of cool um and it it formulated in a way that's fluid yeah. i i don't know i can't tell you how it happened because we literally drank like a half a bottle of tequila when we were planning this thing out oh okay <laughs> that's, that's good to know does it explain some yeah, things it okay <laughs> Um, creatives, just know, you know, if you are going to drink, drink responsibly. Yeah, we We're did not, not sponsored by anyone, so <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Um, so, 
I think so. I've I've heard the podcast. Obviously, mm-hmm. I've been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. And one thing I will say is, you, the both of you, do y'all. People do not see the amount of research that I put into this, mm-hmm. um, which is is great because people don't research these days. You know, they just put stuff out there, wham bam on Facebook, and they run with it. Or well, I'm sorry, I'm going to go on a rant. <laughs> people will post an, an article from three years ago mm-hmm. and be like, "This is atrocious." No, what's atrocious is you didn't know this that this is from three years ago. <laughs> Bitch, this is resolved. Then I got paid for whatever girl. Post the article yeah. that tells us the new stuff. You need to read stuff every day. <laughs> every day you need to be reading. Girl, there's a part two to this. Fake it till they make it, but they forget to actually make it. So I appreciate the work that y'all do behind the scenes to research. But also I think what's important is there there, like you said, there's so much stuff happening in our country right now in the, in the climate that we're in. But you and Jaina have a unique way of breaking it down so that everyone can understand it. Yeah. So how do you all take these very politically charged, very difficult conversations, or even just hard to understand um, topics and break it down from a perspective that is unique in terms of like being um, identifying as black women to give it to your audience? So there's actually like... A name for this. It's called the Pixar method. Mm. And it's because, like, if you watch Pixar movies, they're actually really complicated, but they're created in a way that both adults and five year olds can understand. Which this trailer for this new Frozen movie, I don't know. I think that one's going off the rails, but who knows? We'll see. Um, I think if you can explain it to a five year old, then you've done it well. And so mm. it's essentially like for something as crazy as like what's going on in Sudan, it's right. It's picking who, what, when, where, and why, and then taking those components and then putting them in a chronological order. That's really it. Yeah. So like for me, I was really confused about what is happening in Israel. Yeah. <laughs> and so like which. We all are. Yeah. And so, like, just for me, I didn't do it for the show because I didn't want to fuck it up. But just for me, like, I gathered several articles and I just wrote out who, (laughs) what, when, where, why. And then just, like, through those articles, like, because I like learning and doing things. And so through those articles, I just wrote out, like, the answer to those. Mm -hmm. And then with those articles, I pieced together, like, how, like, from what time did this start to present day to help me understand what is going on. And I think the problem is, like, with these large, complicated issues, like, there's so much information being thrown at you that you're not putting them in a place that can help you physically see and i think this kind of explains why i'm such a visual person person like i have to write things down and i have to see how it falls in place Mm. and then i can explain it to some people Mm. which is why like a lot of people enjoy our isms and ogeny section because we take such specific topics that are kind of large in essence and can break them down over two episodes to understand. And then when we go out in interviews, our questions are really simple because we've already broken down the hardest parts of those conversations. I think you are in a way a storyteller. Yeah. Just through audio. Yeah. And... I mean, people may not see it that way or they may not realize it, but you're just telling a story so I, you can understand it and the five-year-old can. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Kudos, girl. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much for all you do to break, out, break down these complicated things. Because <laughs> I will find like a Vox article and I read it and I'm like, okay, I still don't know right. what the fuck is going on. Like they give you a lot of bullet points but and stats and numbers and for a lot of people that's just too much. So yeah. like who is the person that is doing this? Why? Where are we even at? <laughs> So how do you plan to go from here from the podcast? What's next? 
I... And not only from the podcast, but just professionally, too. Let's see. Well, hopefully I get a promotion next season, which I think mm-hmm. is on the books. And my goal is, one, for Jay and I to reach, like, just 5,000 to 10,000 listeners within the next year, since this will be our third year doing this. And... I have, like, since I have time off this summer and I finally have the software to do this because I am not a formatting genius and I do not have the patience, I'm going to take, like, I have, like, at least three show ideas that already have Bibles and characters, like, fully developed with pages and pages, like, just, like, tens of pages. And explain to people what a Bible is, like, in terms of production. So a Bible is, like, the heart of whatever project you're going to have. So if you have a TV show idea that's going to have like an extensive amount of information about the setting, the locations, your main cast, uh, the time period it's set in, anything relevant to the show. It's like everything that you want to have, it's like the meat and then your script will be the bones and then you kind of put them together. So for me, I need to like create my script and just transfer everything over so that way I can start actually filming these things Mm -hmm. and I want to get better at writing so my goal this summer is to at least get like a pilot in three episodes for these three projects that I have already thought up okay I think I mean I was going to ask that was my next question just just answered it working ahead um it was what do you what what are the things that you want to take that you already know and then what are the things that you want to learn um so yeah okay Cool. You did answer. Yes. Um, well, we do this every episode. Yeah. And oh wait, I wanted to say something. So by the time this comes out, you will have done I think four successfully um, of your Pretty Witty podcast movie night. Oh yeah. So you've done the first one was us. Us. Yes. And Ma. Yeah. And then you uh, are doing the thirtieth anniversary of Do the Right Thing. Yes. And then you did the uh, Lion King. The Lion King. Yes. So. What is something that you want to do this fall? This fall, I was looking at the like upcoming, because I was like, what is upcoming? This summer has been terrible for films. I don't know if you yeah. guys are going out to see stuff, but nobody's going to watch anything, especially yeah. franchise films. But <laughs> for me, two, two movies this fall, I want to do Judy, which is Renee Zellweger starring as Judy Garland. Judy mm. Garland is one of my favorite Hollywood figures. Ooh, a mess. Uh, <laughs> she was like the Lindsay Lohan of the 40s. <laughs> but like a mess that we created. Yeah. Like she could have been amazing. She didn't need to go when she did. And it was all Hollywood's fault. And I'm really excited to see like Renee in that type of role because she mm. did amazing in Chicago. Mm. And I want to do Charlie's Angels because mm. it looks terrible. But I, I, I want to have a conversation about, you know, action movies and choosing these stick-thin women to represent um, people who are, like, kicking ass. Mm-hmm. And um, having a conversation about representation and how diversity inclusion is a word that's thrown out in ca- casting offices. And then, like, you get something like this Charlie's Angels movie yeah. coming up. And I, I wanted to bring this up as selfishly, too. Uh-huh. Because we're working on the project together. Yeah. And I think we should just go ahead and tell the people right now. Yes. So... We're doing the Pretty Witty Podcast and the Mahogany Project presents Love, Love Jones, Jones 3. Three. <laughs> we almost did that at the same time. Almost. That was the first time we've done this. <laughs> uh, so uh, February February 2020, uh, you will get this amazing experience where uh, the Pretty Witty Podcast is going to host a movie night. Yeah. Uh, they'll do a discussion and then re- we are going to do uh, the last installment of love jones and do a performance a live performance uh details are coming soon so hopefully by the time this comes out uh we'll have like you know 
details. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if not, just know it's coming in February of 2020. Um, I we have we have worked together, but it's not like. Um, on a specific project. It's right. like helping with your project, you helping with our project. So this is the first time we're like coming 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 together and from the ground up. So yeah. I'm excited about it. Me too. I think it's gonna be a fun evening. Whatever we decide to screen will be like insightful and the conversation will flow well into the evening mm-hmm. with your performance, I think. Yeah. I think it'll be super dope. And this is something that I don't think people have experienced so many mediums all in one. Right. One one evening. And it's cute, it's black, it's queer. Why not come? Yeah. You know, y'all have an audience. I have an audience. Great. Let's bring our audiences together. Toge- come together. <laughs> right now. Okay. Uh, so, we always do this every episode. Okay. We're back on it. Top five, and this may be hard for you. Top five in any order, no sequential order. The category is directors. Top five directors. I've had to change this up quite a bit within the last two, three years for okay. obvious reasons. Number one, Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> JK, JK, that was a joke. That was a joke. Don't, don't um, get mad at me, y'all. Okay. I'm going to throw out Ava DuVernay. Okay. She's doing a great job, and I hate the conversation that I'm seeing about her using black trauma for dollars because she's not. Queen Sugar. Them hoes didn't go see, what was the movie she came out with? Um, Wrinkle in Time. They didn't go see that, that's why. <laughs> they did it. And it was beautiful. Beautiful. We could say that. <laughs> I'm also going to say Ryan Coogler. Like, he's doing a fantastic job. If anyone says it, he too is one. I could, girl, trauma for dollars, girl. You might as well say it about him too, but I'm not. I, I do not think that. But, girl, the, Okay, anyway, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Ava Ryan, Ryan, who is cute, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Who else? This is so hard. I'm going to go ahead and say Martin Scorsese. Ooh. He does a lot of great dramatic work, and I love all of his long camera shots. Mm. They're, I don't even know how he plans those things. It's amazing to watch him work. I will also say... <laughs> Fuck. I'm... <laughs> it's... <laughs> I have a like a really hard relationship with Quentin Tarantino right now. He kind of helped create my own vision, so I have to say him. Mm-hmm. But he does say the N-word a lot, and he does not know how to treat his women in his films, which sucks. Like, why are men such trash? I can't even I've enjoy the things I like. I've been asking this question since the dawn of time. But I have I to keep him in there. <laughs> like, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill and... Um, oh my gosh, I still even love Django, even though I have a hard time with that as well. Yeah. It's hard. Um, hmm. Ava, Ryan, Martin, Quentin. Quentin. And who's, your, who's the last who's one on your star roster? On my star roster. This is a tough question because. That's why they pay me the big bucks. My favorite movies don't match with this question as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn. I'm going to go ahead and, okay, this one's really cheesy. I'm going to go ahead and say Ron Howard because all of Ron Howard's films are really iconic. They're, like, encompassing for pretty much anyone in America because, like, he knows how to reach out to different audiences as a white man. (laughs) I am going to ask this question because there are people who are listening who may have asked this question as soon as you said the name. Yeah. What has he directed? Uh, he's directed quite a few things, yeah. but now all of them are blanking. You know, I'm going to take out Ron Howard. Oh. Maybe I don't want Ron Howard. Okay. Remove. Because <laughs> this is your answer, so you Shit. can do it. Well, who do I want to pick as my last one? 
I don't know, girl. <laughs> this is an ever-changing one. This will be edited out? No. <laughs> so that's why we need you to answer, girl. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw Spike Lee in there. Okay. Like, I'll, I love his films. Not uh, Chirac. Finally got, the, uh, finally got the Oscar. <laughs> he did. Okay. Chirac was a bad one. So was that, uh, that the Tuskegee Airmen one. <laughs> we didn't need that one either. Yeah. But, you know, Do the Right Thing still sits with me in a way that... It's. I don't even think in 20 years' time we're going to have a different conversation about what happens mm. in that movie and yeah. how he portrayed it. I feel like we're still going to be sitting in the same problems. Like, he did the damn thing, would do the right thing. And Black Klansman, in my yeah. opinion. He did a great job, so... I finally saw that. He did good. Yeah. He did, he did good. We can talk about She's Gotta Have It Later. Okay. The TV show. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank Tell you. Tell the people where they can reach you. Uh, you can find The Pretty Witty Podcast at www.theprettywitty.com. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just search Pretty Witty. You'll find us. And then for me, all of my handles are Ashapalooza with three O's, like a party, because I am. <laughs> and uh, just follow me, and you'll see some projects that we'll be having upcoming in the future. And when do your episodes drop? Our episodes drop usually every Monday, <laughs> and I'm going to stick to that. Okay, so they drop every Monday. If for any reason they'll be up for sure by Tuesday. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Um, you know, just in case breaking news happens. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks so much. As always, love and light people. Mwah. Bye. I Just Want to Tell Stories is hosted by Joe Anderson Jr. for The Mahogany Project and produced by Cameron Hawkins for the South Congress Podcast Network. 